He proposed after five and a half months. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's almost a bachelor timeline. Oh it's my really God. quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we moved we moved in after two weeks. I what? Act, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn. And today we have our very first three-person episode. I have a couple on, the lovely Charlene and Andy of the Dear Shandy podcast. Um, Charlene was on The Bachelor a long time ago on Juan Pablo season, and she is actually the host of Bachelor in Paradise Canada this season. So she was the host for the show that I was on that's coming out today. So today is finally the premiere. I've been waiting so long for this moment. I'm excited for you guys to see it, all my Canadians. Um, but I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. It was so much fun. Charlene and Andy have such a good like banter and they're so funny and fun to chit chat with. Um, so it was definitely a longer episode because we couldn't stop going off on tangents. <laughs> but the main topic was kind of about love. And I just wanted to pick their brain about like their marriage and their idea of love and their love languages and kind of just how their relationship really works because we don't have a lot of couples on the pod. Um, it's usually just a bunch of single people in their 20s. We're like the blind leading the blind. So I wanted to give them a chance to give us some advice and help us out. Um, but yeah, it was just a really fun episode. We kind of talked about paradise a little bit. So a little, no spoilers, but um, a little bit of excitement for you guys and how Charlene felt about doing her first hosting gig. Um, I was there. I saw her. She was incredible. And you guys are going to see her tonight on the premiere. But other than that, we're just going to get right into the episode. So here is Charlene and Andy. Today in the studio, we have Dear Shandy, Charlene and Andy. Welcome to Vulnerable. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. This is our first three three-person podcast. Yeah, I was. Imp- I honestly, I had seen the videos of your other episodes, and I was like, "How are they going to do that?" I'm like, trying to think of a of a pun with menage a trois and Vaughn. <laughs> Another pun, just what we need yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we like to start out with a segment called "What's Going Vaughn," and it's usually pop culture. But today is actually the premiere of Bachelor in Paradise Canada. <laughs> Um, which Charlene is the host of. Also, where we met. Where we met, yes. Oh my God, I actually didn't tell you this, but when I first walked down, I watched your season of Bachelor. Oh, wow. You're way too young to have seen my season. No, I I was a Bachelor fan. No, I did. 12? (laughs) 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 No, because when did that season come out? It was like 20... 2014. Okay. When did you graduate high school? 2010. So I was in college. I graduated <laughs> okay. college. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. She's an adult. Yeah, I was. Yes. That makes and, me happy somehow. Yeah. No, and too. I, you know, I don't know why, but when you see people in person, sometimes they don't like. I wasn't sure if it was you. Like, well, and it I has been many years. No, no, oh my god, I don't mean like that. I just mean like obviously there was a lot going on. You look so much wiser. <laughs> No, there was a lot going on. You know, I'm walking onto the beach. It's the first day. Like, and I filmed for Bachelor in Paradise Canada's after show last season. And I don't, I just expected the host to be the same host. Mm -hmm. And so I walked in and saw you. And then I was like, wait, wait, I know who that is. No, I was like, I know you. But then you were like asking me questions about like, hey, you know, it's the first day. How are you feeling? And I was like, wait, now I feel like it's not a good time for me to be like, are you Charlene? (laughs) (laughs) So I just didn't say anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got, honestly, because I know the exact moment you're talking yeah. about, like you guys get off the boat and I'm standing there and 
I realized pretty quickly that no one knew that I was the host. <laughs> that's what it was. It wasn't that I didn't know who you were. It was just that I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. And I mean, you have experience with the show, so you probably knew what to expect generally. And you're like, who's this new person? So, so they thought you were like a greeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like like an Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, is this your first time hosting anything? Anything other than the podcast. Yeah. Amazing. How was that for you? Because like, how is it being on a a Bachelor show on the other side? Oh, man. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. You know, it's you kind of get to pull back the curtain on things that you've always wondered about. Yeah. Like the control room Mm, was very, yeah, yeah, it was exciting. Oh, my God. I would love to see that. I know, right? You see so many camera angles and you just sort of see how the sausage is made. But I... So my little sister is a producer on Survivor, oh. and she worded this really well because she would text me during this process, and she's like, so how are you finding it? And I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of in this in-between space because I don't think, I'm not a producer. Right. I, I can see why hosts eventually become producers or executive producers because they want to be more involved, but I definitely felt like I wasn't a producer, but I wasn't a cast member, or I wasn't a contestant either. Yeah. And so you're sort of in this like... This category where there's just you. You're the only one in the category. It was interesting. It was super fun, though. You and Kevin, I guess, because he's kind of like an in-between person, too, as the bartender. I almost feel he's more of a producer than than me, actually. Maybe? Yeah, because he's just more involved. Yeah. Um, Like, he's out there with you guys. Like, I feel like whenever I would come out, you guys would all be like... (laughs) (laughs) True. Something's happening. Meanwhile, yeah. Kevin's like pouring you guys drinks and stuff. That's true. Yeah. I wish we got to like talk to you more because we you kind agree. of just popped in and popped out. I was yeah. like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun though. It was, it was honestly the best job I've ever had. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah. And the outfits, you guys. Oh. Wait till you see Charlene's outfit. Every time <laughs> you would walk into a room, we'd all be like, <gasps> Like that's, why, that's why we weren't saying anything. We were just in like in shock. Oh, like, oh my God, you look incredible. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was like, if I get to host a show, and it's a Bachelor show, you know, like people people are looking at the, the total package. Yes. I mean, your outfit's also on point. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I'm not going to disappoint, or I'll try not to. Oh, anyway. you did not. <laughs> yeah. And Andy, you were there. You were I there was with there. us. I was there. I was doing a lot of eating. <laughs> I was just coming. There was feed. It was like six feedings a day. Feedings. <laughs> I mean, there was about six, right? Yeah. There was like okay. the mor- the breakfast, the morning snack, then the lunch, then the post lunch, then the snack, then the dinner, <laughs> then the post dinner snack. Okay, they treated you guys a little bit better than contestants because I got three feedings a day. <laughs> you went, uh, we didn't get post post snacks. But how was it for you to just like watch Charlene host for the first time and like see her in her element? I mean, I've seen Charlene sing in operas in okay, front of like true. two thousand people. So I've seen her perform under high pressure situations, but I was so impressed. It was just like she I, I was nervous for her. It Aww. just felt like it's it, like she had to do, you know, it's one thing if you have to just say lines, but then when you're like, oh, someone did something a little wrong, let's do that again. You have to sort of make it look natural again and again. Yeah. That to me was super nerve-wracking and I think you did that really well. So and I was yeah, just impressed. I think being a singer helps. Yeah. It's like you you it's both rehearsed but also has to feel spontaneous, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was interesting. It was a lot more of like lines and delivering of lines, but they can't sound like a delivering of lines. Yeah. So a lot more of that than I think I knew going in. But now when I watch Jesse Palmer on the American show, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a good line delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any acting before? Uh, like where you had to do lines? I mean, I think people who aren't in the opera world tend to be surprised by how much acting there is in opera. I just know that from when like I had friends in high school come to performances. They were like, wow, you're like 
acting. Yeah. You're not just standing there singing. And so I think that helped a lot. I mean, I took acting classes for my singing career. Like in school, for my degrees, there would be drama classes. Oh, okay. So there's a little background there. She's like actually a great actress on stage. Like she always downplays it. But I think if you wanted to have a career in TV, you could totally do it. Mm, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> oh. No, but if she, no. if she wants to punk me, like if she's just saying stuff that isn't true and she's just like playing a joke on me, <laughs> no one can do it better than her. And I know her better than anyone, so it's harder for her. No one can lie to me the way she does. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing actress, I think. <laughs> so funny. Um, is there anything you're like nervous about like for it to air? Because I feel like, obviously, it's very different than being a contestant. Um, but I'm you haven't not- been on TV in a in a minute on a bachelor show. Yeah. I I'm a little nervous, but honestly, I feel a sense of peace that no one's trying to make me look bad <laughs> in the way, you know, we know how it feels when you go on the bachelor, you're like, "Well, I'm hoping for the best." And my edit on my season, I'm going like this, half yeah. half air quote edit. Like I, there were a lot of surprises to me and yeah. also some things where I was like, oh, that's okay, that's interesting, mm-hmm. and things I thought they would show and they didn't. So I think I have a lot more peace of mind knowing more or less what they're going to show, Yes, which is nice. I also don't think they're, out, like I said, out to get me. I don't think so either. Yeah, meanwhile. <laughs> no, no. I think, I think you're fine because you're Chelsea Vaughn. <laughs> but in general, like it's kind of scary. I think the first show that I went on, like Bachelor, that's what I was most worried about when I watched it back because I was just like, I have no idea what they're going to air. Um, this time, now that it's the third time, um, I'm not as worried. I feel like there's nothing that I really did this yeah. time around that I'm like worried about how it's going to play out. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I I'm mean, just I excited. can't think of anything you did. Yeah, we didn't, I, mean, I didn't see anything. I was spying <laughs> on you the whole time. Well, stay tuned, guys. It premieres tonight. It's on City TV if you're in Canada, if you're in the U.S., Today, I wanted to let you guys know about Pure VPN. It's a virtual private network service that can help you enjoy online entertainment seamlessly and securely. If you're a streaming enthusiast, Pure VPN can help you access region-restricted content from anywhere in the world. You can connect to servers in different countries to access streaming platforms like Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime Video, BBC, iPlayer, Peacock, and the likes, wherever you endlessly enjoy your favorite TV shows and movies. But PureVPN isn't just for gaming and streaming. It can also help you stay safe and secure online. By encrypting your internet connection, PureVPN can protect your data from malicious hackers, malware, and other looming cyber threats. And if you're concerned about your privacy online, PureVPN can help you keep your online activity private from the prying eyes. With its strict no-logging policy, PureVPN doesn't keep any record of your online activity or personal information. So whether you're an avid gamer, a streamer enthusiast, or you're just looking to watch me fall in love, potentially, on Bachelor in Paradise Canada, safely and securely, PureVPN is your best bet. So give PureVPN a try. You won't be disappointed. So tune in tonight to see if I find love. Um, Speaking of love... (laughs) You guys are, uh, thank you. You guys are my my first couple on the pod. And how long have you been, so you're married, but how long have you been together and married? We've been together for, I know, but we're in the season of when we met. So we met March 29th, I know. Oh, okay. 2014. you know that? I, yes. Now she does. I always got confused with the 30th, but yes. So, yeah. Somewhere around there. Close enough. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been nine years, nine plus years. Since we met, Yeah. Oh and gosh. eight years since we did City Hall. Yep. Yeah. He proposed after five and a half months. 
Yeah. What? Yeah, it's almost a bachelor timeline. Oh it's my really God. quick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we moved we moved in after two weeks. I act, yeah, it's pretty nuts. There's a bit of a There's side a story. story. Yeah, yeah. If you'd like, I you can tune into that. our podcast episode number one. <laughs> yeah, I was in the city. I used to live in New York, but like I went to school here. But at that point, I was living in Germany, and I was in the city for work. I was here for an opera, and so I had a flight back home. So. When my air, like my Airbnb where I was staying for the first part of this contract, I was going to then move into a girlfriend's place in Brooklyn. And we had just met at that point. We'd been together for two weeks or just we'd only known each other for two weeks. And he was like, well, you know, you're only here for another month. Like move in with me. Like the intention wasn't like move in permanently, but then I just never left. <laughs> the intention wasn't like stay and marry me and get, stay together yeah, forever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. here we are. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, was thinking you'd stay there forever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I thought there was a good shot. A good shot. Oh, I don't know if I... 65% chance. Wow. Yeah. Andy's a little more of a romantic than me. Wait, that's adorable. When it's the right time. I mean, I knew she was the right one. But interestingly, I, I proposed after five and a half months, but I meant to propose way sooner, except I totally fumbled it, thank God, because the proposal ended up being really great and magical. But... <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm just, did, I, uh, did I not give you enough there wasn't enough applause after <laughs> okay. that. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much thank you very much but, but I originally I brought we went I went to go see her sing in Germany this was like what three months in yeah or even two and a half months yeah, in yeah it was early and I brought a ring with me to Germany and I had and I fumbled it like three times there was one time we were it would have been the worst proposal we were literally like in bed just lying there and I was digging in my jeans to try to find the ring and it was in like a little baggie like a little like drug baggie thing <laughs> and I was like drinking and I was like trying to open it with one hand and I kept trying to like not let her know what I was doing and I finally just gave up <laughs> and that was it I'm so happy he gave up I would not have been he did way better in the end yeah yeah, there was a force. The force of nature was was trying to help me. Plus, I think my parents would have been slightly freaked yeah, out. Yeah, I actually was, was debating. Yeah. Like, I was weighing, like, I want her to know that I'm in this with her parents are going to think I'm a psycho. Right. So <laughs> It's a fine line. Yeah. Okay, you said you're not that much of a romantic. Like, he still proposed after five and a half months, and you said yes. I feel like that's pretty romantic. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I was really all in with him. But, you know, I feel like as a woman who has lived in New York City, dated in New York City, you see a lot. Yeah. You see a lot of characters. You see a lot of people who almost seem to have like double lives. Like I dated this one guy who I went to his apartment many times and in retrospect, I'm like, did he even live there? Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just see a lot of like sketchy characters. And so for me, it was like balancing letting myself completely fall and like yeah. lose myself in this and being wanting to be you know a character from a rom-com yeah. versus you know just not wanting to be played a fool yeah so and how old were you at this time uh i was 29 okay yeah and i was uh, 29 and a half oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, oh, I also really want to know what you guys' signs are. I'm into astrology. I know that you're into astrology, and I'm afraid you're going to be very disappointed with the amount that we know. No, I just how about, want how to about know. This, how about you guess our signs? Oh, I'm not that good. You That's guess, hard. Come on, go. Just guess my sign. Mm, a Capricorn. <laughs> Leo. Are you really? Gemini. I don't know. <laughs> do you even know your own sign? I do know my sign. Okay, just Okay, what is Scorpio. it? Scorpio. 
Scorpio. Okay, and that's Charlie. okay. That you know, Scorp- that's a, that's a bad sign. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I don't like to place bad or good on anybody's oh, sign. Thank you. Okay. Whenever pe- most of the time when people learn he's a Scorpio, they're like, oh, yeah. It's never yeah. just like, oh, that's so nice. It's well, like, I'm hmm. actually technically compatible with Scorpios, Scorpio oh, men, oh. even oh, okay. though they get a bad rep. So um, I'm yeah. not going to trash them. What's your sign? I'm a Virgo. Oh, yeah. when's your birthday? August 27th. Are you a Virgo? September 2nd. <gasps> oh. I was going to guess Virgo. Oh. I just, oh, I no, love Virgo. I, I, I love Virgos. And you guys are compatible. Good job. Are we? Is that true? <laughs> Virgo and Scorpio. She's an earth sign and you're a water sign. Earth and water oh, okay. go together. Why is a Scorpio and a water sign? Scorpio? It's Scorpio. No, but I mean, it's <laughs> a scorpion, right? Is the symbol. Yeah. It's a scor- it's the star formation is a scorpion. Oh, I don't know if that has anything to do with the oh, it has element to do- parts. I know a lot about this, <laughs> so yeah, um, but <laughs> to give you a little perspective on how little we know, there was one point, I think we did it on the podcast, where I was like, do you remember my sign? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, what is it? And he was like, mm, give me the first letter. And I said, V. And he was like, mm, <laughs> give me the second letter. I had to get to V-I-R before he guessed Virgo. Yeah, that was a problem. That's so funny. Um, okay, I want to know how you feel about this statement because I feel like it's kind of cheesy, but maybe I just haven't, you know, it hasn't happened to me yet. Do you believe in when you know, you know? Like now that you have found your person, is that a true statement? You just don't get it until you found it. I I believe in it after like a one week vet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's I 100% quick enough. believe in it. Uh, I feel <laughs> like when you know, you know is sort of. It's so easy to say, like with hindsight being twenty twenty, because I felt I knew with two other guys that I dated. <laughs> you you know? never told me this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an element of like, yeah, I'd like to think that when I met Andy, I knew more than these other times. Right. And I think I did, but th- I'm just trying to be realistic. Like I, I don't know how much. No, no, no. I'm just trying to be realistic how about you? about the fact that. You know, I had life experience. I had dated these two other guys. Like, so no, much colors true. your... She she was a little slower. Like, I actually, to be perfectly honest, when she opened her mouth, I kind of knew. Because yeah. I didn't expect the sound that came out he had, to happen. He had a lot more dating under his belt than me. And I had dated a lot. So we're not those people yeah, that I had an extra half met year in high dating. school. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We're not that. We're the poster children more so for sowing many a wild oat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Many oats. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I also feel like that's a very Virgo response because we're just very like analytical oh, and like yeah, practical. Yeah. It's like, I just want to cover all my yeah, bases. Yes. But like, I think I could convince myself anytime after I met someone that like, oh, I knew on that first date because I felt right, this one right, right. thing yeah. afterwards now that we're married. You know what I mean? Yeah, what, we're the same. But also the question is different for people of different ages as we kind of touched on. So like, if, I think if you ask like an 18-year-old, they're like, yeah, I know, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you don't know. But if you ask That's a 60-year-old who has never been married and they meet someone, they're 99% of the time going to know when mm. they know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of like the age that you guys were when you met. So maybe I met my husband on Bachelor in Paradise, guys. <laughs> Tune in tonight. <laughs> um, okay. But how do you feel about like sparks when you first meet someone versus like lust versus like love at first sight? Because some people say that now, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but on TikTok now. <laughs> we, we, our podcast is on TikTok. We have someone who has us on TikTok. <laughs> Not you, but you guys aren't scrolling <laughs> yourselves. Yeah. Um, on TikTok, everyone's saying that like butterflies and sparks kind of are more of like a bad sign when you first meet someone because that's your body being like, 
giving you like anxiety and like telling you that that's like danger or that it's like a familiar thing that you've already dated that was toxic in your past. Mm. Oh, that's, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, that's also such a negative spin it on something negative. that I think can be really lovely. Uh, see, that's not a good sales pitch for def- TikTok to me. I'm yeah, gonna- no, that's, oh that's, true, that's, no, that's just my that's for true. you page of like all these girls trying to figure out how to date. Uh, uh, I To I'm, me, I think butterflies... It depends I, how you I define butterflies, it, yeah, I guess, too. Yeah. Also, when I think when it's combined with confusion, like you feel butterflies because you're like hoping that it goes. Is he gonna text? Yeah, me? exactly. When it's combined with the unknown and kind of getting this dopamine hit because he did text you and he typically doesn't text you the same day that you. T- you know what I mean? Yes. Like when it's yeah. combined with confusion, then it's I, negative. Now that I've had like 45 seconds to think about this <laughs> and I have a fully fleshed out opinion, yes, I'm gonna play devil's advocate and say I kind of agree a little bit because I do think when you meet the right person, like the real lifetime right person, it feels like you've always known that person. So it's kind of relaxing. Right. Like in our first conversation in in our, the first time I met you, like on that couch, I didn't feel nervous. I didn't feel like scared that you weren't going to like me or like that I had to impress you. It just felt like we had continued a conversation that had been going on for like 10 years. Yeah, but I still had butterflies. Like I'm not going to pretend that it was just like... Oh, well, so it's, I have such confidence. I mean, I'm so intimidating. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so striking. Yes. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying because I feel like when I was dating in my early 20s, when I was younger, it would be like you're looking and searching for that like butterfly feeling, mm-hmm. like those like immediate sparks when you go on a first date with someone. But now it's more like I look to feel like I'm incredibly comfortable in your presence. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is a good sign yes. to me now oh. instead of. That, you know, that really shows maturity too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, but I have a quick question then. So yeah. did you did you typically then in the past feel that you were just like, you would look for the butterflies? I don't know that I knew that I was looking for them. Okay. I think that I would get there and I would feel like that thing and then I'd be like all excited and then those relationships over time were the ones that like, Crashed and burned in three three months. Uh-huh. Like I feel like they just like burned bright and fast, yeah. and then like we're gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think I think maybe instead of butterflies, the word maybe should be passion. Mm. Like if there's too much passion, I think in an early relationship, I think that can burn it out. Yeah, I don't necessarily think extreme passion is healthy for a long term situation. Yeah, I think it should be more like really good friends with also sexual attraction. It's hard for me to engage in this like the way that I feel like I want to because for me, I was always so interested in so few people. Mm. Like, like I don't know. Like I never really was into anyone. So when I was, it was because they had already been vetted based on what I felt was compatibility. I felt like I was seen by them, understood by them. So like so many things were already out of the way. Like I'm a real sapiosexual. I need to feel like we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. And when I throw the ball, you catch it every time kind of thing. And so it was. I could never just have butterflies for someone that I didn't feel that with. I totally get that. I feel like... I'm kind of like you in that way where I, it doesn't happen a lot. So then when it did happen, that's why I felt like, oh, this is something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it only happened like rarely. Yeah. But I think my picker was a little off. I'm trying to refine that now. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like, so now it's been nine years yeah. since you guys have been together. Yeah. Oh my God, you're coming up on a decade. Um. Wow. Do you feel like now your definition of love has kind of changed a little bit over time at all? Or or how did you define love before? How do you define love now? 
Mm. That's, a, that's a tough question. It is tough. I heard you ask Andrew S. to define romance, and I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't ask yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> I look at the definition of romance for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'll go first because I, I'm, I'll give my half-baked answer, so you can think a little more. Okay. So I'm asking you guys the chivalrous deep question. Yeah. <laughs> taking the bullet. But I think when I was younger, I imagined uh, love being more like in the in the formula of love, more passion to friendship, mm. and and I don't want to I don't want to like make it seem like Charlene and I have a cold like <laughs> passionless marriage. It's totally not true at all. But I do feel like if I was making the recipe today, I would realize that the real recipe is way more friendship. Mm. than passion. Mm. And I think that's, I'm not sure that that's like a real revelation because I had an inkling that that might be the key. In my my previous relationships, there was a lot more passion than friendship. Mm. Um, but I do think that if I if one thing has changed, I've realized how incredibly important it is not to just be friends, but to be like really good friends. Yeah. Mm. I think that makes a lot of sense though, because if you're trying to be with someone for the long run, like yeah. 30, 40 years, like you have to be with someone that you genuinely love as a friend. Well, yeah. they, they're going to annoy the hell out yeah. of you. If you're like, if there's one crack in that friendship, <laughs> you're just going to be like, I'm done. Well, Andy's long <laughs> said on our podcast that it the main thing, like one of the top things to look for is someone who doesn't annoy you at all, yeah. because whatever annoys you even slightly in the beginning is only going to get way worse, and that's definitely yeah. true. And to answer the other part of your question, has it changed? Like, has love changed? I think that it really, it hasn't. Like, I, I still love about you the things that I loved then. Like, you just make every day so fun. Like, we act like like kids together. Yeah, but it's definitely become more acts of servicey. You know what I mean? Like it's less about the words of affirmation. I know how he feels about me. He doesn't need to, you know, gush about how beautiful I look every day. It's more like when I come downstairs and I'm busy editing or something and he's done all the dishes, I'm like, that's love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I would have told you that nine years ago. Yeah. Okay. That leads me into my next question because I wanted to know what you guys' love languages are. Mm. Obviously, all of them are important. Um, Let's play a fun game where we say what each other's are. Oh, yeah. Okay. What do you think, Charlene? Can you just list the love lines for me again? <laughs> yes, I, 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 always, I always panic when I, I will, get this I question. will. There's five of them. It's acts of service, okay. quality time, physical touch. Um, there's more. Gifts. Gifts. Oh, yeah. Gifts. Okay. And Did you say words of affirmation already? I did not. Words, words of, of affirmation. Okay, that's the fifth one. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Am I guessing? You're guessing, guessing, mine, you're yeah. guessing Andy's. I think Andy is. There's a little <laughs> fly around your face, <laughs> and you're trying so hard to stay focused. You're like, there's a. Okay, it's it's tough. You're definitely not gifts. No, I actually don't like gifts. You don't. I just clutter the house. I don't need anything. I can't relate. He likes more experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you why after you answer it. It's not about the gift. I understand. You know? Oh, it's about feeling seen by the guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. 100. Oh, oh, yes. She's such a Virgo. It's a test. It's, a test. <laughs> yeah. it's not a test. No, I'm no, the exact same way. If I get a gift and it just feels like, I'm like, how could you possibly think? You don't know me at all. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> yeah, but really, I, every gift I get you is wrong. <laughs> he, Andy's not, like, he, you're not bad. Uh. It's sweet. You just sort of miss the mark slightly. All right, what's my love language? <laughs> enough of how shitty I am. <laughs> What's my shitty love language? Uh, you're definitely words of affirmation. Yeah. In terms of how you receive and and give. Yeah. I'll, and I think quality time. Uh, no? 
Yeah, yeah. I was thinking words of affirmation, then like 1A is like physical touch a little bit, with, mi- mixed with the quality time. Oh, I forgot about physical touch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel like one? there's like a main one and then like a sub one. Yeah. I feel like you could have. I, I I'm cheating here, but okay. I don't like the question. I don't. Not your question. I don't. This is. He has a thing always, about the love no, language. No, no, no. Oh. We, I've gotten this question a million times, okay. so it's not your question. You don't own this one. But I am. I think words of affirmation number one. I'm, I'm pathetic that way. And then uh, physical. Acts, f- physical and quality time are kind of tied for number two. It depends on what mood I'm in. Yeah. If the physical touch has happened recently, probably then quality time. <laughs> In like the three hours spent. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you think that Charlene's are? Wait. Oh, sorry. Okay. Let's go through this again. <laughs> Gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, and what's the other one? Acts of service. Ooh. And you can choose up to three as we learn I think acts of service. Okay. I think acts of service one, and then... Um, it depends if I'm touching your head or other parts of your body. <laughs> I do love a head rub. No one, no one on earth loves a head rub. Mother. Go ahead. Give her, give her a rub. See what happens. She won't make you. She'll, she'll let you keep doing it. She'll do it the whole I podcast. I just become like. Yeah. It's her off switch. Like if she's like, she's like angry at me or something, I'm just like. like <laughs> That's nice that you know that though. Yeah. I think you're pretty dead on. Okay. Acts of service first and then tied for second is physical touch and quality time. Yeah. Oh, I do love me a word of affirmation, though. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. Actually, you don't. I've given. I give you words of affirmation, and you kind I of shake me a little bit. A yeah, I'm like you look so beautiful. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually like, oh, but this thing is wrong. It's you like know what I mean? it's, the best yeah. part is it's like you never tell me I look beautiful, and then when I do, she gives me shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. How about you? I want to know what you are. Um, okay, I feel like quality time shouldn't really be in the same category because I feel like you don't. You can't really have a lot of the others without quality time. Like, I feel like it's its own thing, mm. personally. So quality time is my number one. Um, but I I feel like saying that gifts is one of your, like, main love languages always gets, like, frowned upon because people are like, oh, my God, you shallow bitch. Well, yeah. But, sounds, <laughs> yeah, people can judge it. But it's... It's not about the gift. It's about like you being thoughtful and taking the time right, to right. get something that it doesn't have to, it could have cost $2, you right, know? Right, right. Like I, and I always say that like, I love hot Cheetos. This is very random. But I always say like, if you went to the store, picked up a bag of hot Cheetos for me, like that would mean so much to me, you mm-hmm. know? It's not, I don't need you to buy me a Gucci bag. Well, mm-hmm. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what hot Cheetos are, but I'm going to get you those. <laughs> I know what Cheetos are. Yeah, hot Cheetos. They're flaming hot. hot. Oh, they're hot, meaning like they're spicy. Yeah. Oh. I only have seen the commercial. Isn't Cheetos enough for you? <laughs> no, I love spicy. I put God, spicy on so it. It's so good. A Cheeto is so perfect. Is that, you're not Canadian, are you? No. no. How do you not know what hot he's Cheetos from, are? He's born and bred Manhattaner. Right I know there. what Cheetos are. I love Cheetos. But, but why do you have to make them hot? But in Flamin', aren't those the, like the crispy, thinner ones? Or are they like no, the those puffy Those are hot ones? fries. <laughs> no, the, the, there's like two types of Cheetos. The, the ones that are like, Thinner and more wrinkly and crunchy. Oh, you have to get Fritos. No, there's like crunchy, crunchy Cheetos. Am I crazy? They're not (laughs) Fritos. No, they have the same crunch as regular Cheetos. Are are there crunchy Cheetos? Okay, I think I'm thinking of Puffs. You are. I think my Canadian is showing right now. Okay, but they do have Flamin' Hot Puffs now, but that's not what I was talking about. I love that you know that. Of course you know that. (laughs) She's very familiar with crunchy snacks. So... (laughs) Um, are they shaped like Cheetos? They same puff thing. They're just hot. Yes. And what hot? What is the hot? Is it like a like a what kind of hot is it? 
It is a red dust that I probably don't want to know what's in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a red it's a dust. Shame. All right. It's its own thing. Like every okay. a lot of different Lay's chips now have flaming hot dust on them. <laughs> like, but it started with the Cheetos. I'm, I literally after this, we're going to get flaming hot Cheetos from a bowl. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, how you guys right. don't know. About I want to taste one of these. It's that's a good me. tangent. We love a good tangent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to get back to the gifts thing, I totally agree. It's like the idea that you've been thought about outside yes. of our time together. Yes. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think it's also hard to. Like when somebody has a different love language than you, you have to like think about what your partner's love language is and do that for them. Like let's say I'm dating someone that's love language is words of affirmation. Like that, I don't really care about words of affirmation at all. Like it doesn't come naturally to me because that's what not what I need. But mm. then you have to kind of like do what they need, yeah. which I feel like is harder. And then like if I'm dating someone who's like, I don't think about gifts, I don't like gifts, they make me uncomfortable, like they don't think about that for me. Yeah. So it's difficult, but it's nice it, you guys. It's actually kind of a common issue, I yeah. feel like, in relationships because mm-hmm. like we, our thing is we answer relationship questions and that actually comes up a lot is the yeah. idea where you know, I I see love this way, he sees love this way. Like, how do we reconcile that? But it is a nice opportunity to sort of like get out of your own needs. Yeah. yeah. You know, it shows a, a, some selflessness to well, accommodate someone else's love language. It's so special. Like, yes. just do the dishes while she's editing and she'll <laughs> yeah. be happy. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> um, do you think that love alone is enough to make a relationship last? It's hmm, a good question. That is a great question. I can answer it while you guys think of my own opinion. Yes. I don't. <laughs> oh. I do not think it's yeah. enough alone. I think you need to be compatible. I think you need to have similar values. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you have to be able to communicate well. Like I just think there's so many other things. Like I have broken up with people that I was fully head over heels in love with because like it just it just couldn't work mm-hmm. as much wow. as I wanted it to work. Yeah. Um I mean, I agree That's with brave. you. Yeah, it's very—it's a very pragmatic way of looking at relationships. But I totally agree. It's a little idealistic to be like, we have love, and that'll pay the bills, <laughs> and solve—you yeah. know—solve the fact that we have different religious beliefs. And, right. You know, different. We value money differently. Like, there's so many things. Like you said, compatibility—you could argue—is as important as love. Yeah. That's a good question. It is good. I, I kind of think it's a little chicken and egg because I do feel like love is the product often of a lot of variables that include the things you mm-hmm. were just chatting no, about. True. Yeah. So for me, it's a little more gray. But um, I, 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 if it was just love, it was just like, oh my God, you're so pretty and I like having sex with you. That's not going to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that might be lust. I don't know. <laughs> but, that, maybe uh, that's just yeah. lust. Or just and I like talking to you and having sex. I missed that part. <laughs> there was that. So, what do you think is the most component, the uh, most important component in a relationship? If it's not like if we're taking love out of the equation, what do you think is the most important thing? To have? Liking the same food. <laughs> Honestly, that's a really big one for me. I'm it's not even huge joking. in our relationship. I'm a huge foodie, and I like. I always talk think about like guys that are shredded. And like go to the gym all the time. And I like, do too. I think. No, I you know, <laughs> you know the guys that like work really hard to look like that. So they yeah. are the guys that like meal prep everything and bring a scale to restaurants so they can measure out their chicken breasts. Like I could never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> do do guys guy. do that? Yes. 
They bring the scale to the restaurant yes. to measure the chicken breast? Yeah, they measure everything. How do you date a guy I've, like that? I feel like she's more exposed because you're Does a model, you though. You're a model. You're like more in the world of people who like really need to think about this stuff more than the average Joe. I'm just saying, I don't think I could ever date that guy. No. I don't blame you. I, that's her. a problem. I feel like to date that guy, you have to be the same, you have to bring like a his and her scale. Like you're wearing <laughs> your stuff too. It's like a lifestyle thing because then we'd have to meal prep together and then yeah. like we're never going out to try new restaurants. Like that's one of my favorite activities. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, agree. I yeah. would say a huge part of our relationship is built on eating at new restaurants yeah. together or <laughs> restaurants that we love together. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things we love most about our compatibility is the fact that we always crave the exact same food yeah. at the same time. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's a gift, let me tell you. It's amazing. <laughs> it's great. I can, she can go to the bathroom and I could order for her and she'd come back and totally be fine. Yeah, but oh, and, and, and that's not to suggest that I'm easy to please. It's just that we have the exact same taste in food and the same cravings yeah. for said food. And, like, and the only thing we differ on is I despise goat cheese. We, I, and it's not because I don't like the taste of it. It literally makes me gag. I don't know what's going yeah, on with that. Yeah, he feels like it. She like a, loves goat cheese. She hates mushrooms, and I love mushrooms. That's yeah, it. Other that's than it. that, everything. Well, is and perfect. I also prefer like I love burrata. Like. Oh, okay. Breaking news: <laughs> woman loves burrata. Okay. I mean, I like burrata too. It's not the thing I order every day. Though. If it's on the menu, I want to order it. Okay. You guys know about the olive rule? No. What? It says that. Uh, <laughs> One person in the relationship loves olives and the other person hates olives and they're compatible. But if you both love olives or if you both hate them, then you're doomed. Is this, was this on TikTok? Yes, it was. Stop <laughs> <laughs> watching TikTok. We both like olives. Do you both like olives? We both do. No, I yeah. think TikTok, maybe TikTok's always right. Yeah. No, I mean, based maybe on this example, they're not always right. Oh, right. That's true. She said that you both, you have oh, to go I differently. I, didn't, about I, didn't, I, I missed that part. I thought, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm not a good listener. But uh, yeah, no, no we, we like olives. Oh, we I like olives more than you, but we both like when I have a Bloody Mary and the, the olives are in the toothpick. Like you, you, you usually I'll I'll think about eating all three of them before giving you one. But sometimes you give me. A I'm hard just time. picky with my olives. I want a good olive. Mm. I don't want an olive that just like the color looks a little unnatural or it looks a little too like firm and like plasticky. I'm like I don't want that olive. <laughs> I think we're, we're too much olive talk. We've, yeah, my yeah, bad. We veered off. <laughs> but but um, my, the most but, important thing in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I was I was moving back. I was moving back. Turning around the detour. No, but I do think. I'm not really joking about the food, but in a in the grander scheme, I do think that similarities are really important. Like people say opposites attract. And I think that's probably true to some degree for like a one-night stand or even like a two-month stand. But I do think for the long run, it's really great to just like the same things, be on the same page, have the same opinions. Like it makes things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I know from experience, I've had a lot of ones where there was like not same and yeah, not problem. Same. <laughs> not same. Make bad. <laughs> and, <laughs> for me, I feel like it's compatibility, but veering more in the direction of ease. Like, I never want to feel like I'm walking on eggshells with the person I'm with. It's like, you know, you're joking around until you said this one thing or expressed it slightly <laughs> wrong. You worded it wrong, or maybe that was this, you know, suddenly it, you hit a nerve that you didn't yeah, know you yep. hit. And not having to worry about that is. Honestly, Amazing. yeah. It's one of the greatest things about Charlene. Like I say, there's nothing. My mouth is like just, there's no filter at all in any point in time. I start singing whenever I want. I can say anything. It actually is a problem. It's now in public, I'll say things, and you're like, you can't say that yeah. in public. I'm like, oh, but I could say that at home with my wife. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, it's a real, we just say and do whatever we want. And yeah. we sing all the time. 
Okay, there's I a love lot of that. singing. Yeah. That's how it should Bad be, though. You don't from want my to... point of view. Oh, no, he's, he's cute. Good That's stuff. definitely okay. how it should be. You don't want to be, like, afraid to say things around your spouse at home. <laughs> yeah, and it could be just, like, one small category, but I still think that, you know, you still need to watch it. Like, it's one thing to respect, you know, what if someone has a trauma or boundaries or whatever, but it's like you generally want to feel like, I can speak my mind and there's not this area, this whole area where it's like this door that's locked. It's like we can't go right, there. Right, right. Yeah. And that's not to say we're, we're very nice to each other. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just like yelling at her. And she's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. No, we're very nice. It's just like we say crazy things all the time and yeah. it's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have a lot of married people on this podcast. And I wanted to ask you guys, what was the hardest part of the first few years of marriage, if there was one? Or like, mm. what do you think the hardest part of marriage is? I mean, I have, I have an answer. It's kind of humble braggy because okay. I think we did, we did pretty good for the first few years. Yeah. What, what are you going to say? Like no, I want to hear what you're going to say. I think the hardest part was losing your connection somewhat to friends when you get really wrapped up with your spouse. Mm. So like, I felt like I was spending a lot less time with my friends, and I think they felt that as well. And um, it was hard to transition from. He's very social, very extroverted. Yeah, yeah. I was doing. I was very social. So I'm going to answer this differently. Basically, I see milestones in life as being periods of mourning as well as celebration. Like everything. Mm-hmm. Like I think you know, just like like when you get married, when you have a kid, when you die. I mean, there's always celebration and mourning. When you move, yeah. Uh, when your parents die or when loved ones die, there's always like a combination of celebration and mourning. And I do believe that as much as our marriage, I think it was, it was the best thing that ever happened in my, my life. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting next to me. I tell that to my friends too and they vomit in front of me. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was really a wonderful thing. But there was also the mourning aspect of it. And the mourning was I was letting go of my single life. And that's not single like dating, although that was also yeah, a very no, He had a very cost. active dating life. <laughs> there was a cost there. But no, but it was, it, there was a mourning of like, oh, now I'm with this person. This is my person I'm spending my time with. And that time of my life when I was sort of every day, I'm like, who, what friends am I going to hang out with tonight? And where are we going, you know, this weekend? Um, you know, that, that there was a loss there and it's never, I've never gotten it back. It's not like we, you know, got over the first, you know, honeymoon years of marriage. And now I'm like constantly hanging out with my friends, you know, and my friends also have moved on as well with their relationships and kids and stuff. So I do feel like for me, the hardest transition was not having anything to do with Charlene. It was having to do with my life outside of Charlene and how that had changed. Hmm. I feel like that's such an interesting answer. And I also feel like it's more of a guy answer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Because I obviously am not married yet, but I feel like when I do get married, I don't plan on like losing any of my friendships or like not continuing to nurture them. And I'm not saying you did that, hmm. but I, I just feel like you have to be really intentional. Like my friends are like family to me, like they are literally like yeah. everything to me. And I, I will refuse to like let them go kind of thing. And I, and Andrew said something similar about like his friend getting married. And he was like, now I feel like I've kind of like lost him or like mm. gave him away. And I'm like, I don't feel like I will do that. I got to I know what Andy means. Like, cause Andy's super social. Like he yeah. has, they call it the summit. Like he gets together with his three best guy friends every Tuesday night. It's like a ritual every week. 
So it's like, I wouldn't say it was so much like you stopped seeing your friends. It was more like, I think the dynamic of it changed. Like, it's more like, oh, they'll try a great restaurant instead. But, you know, mean in the old days, they probably would have like gone, you know, gone on the prowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, I think that the dynamic of like trying to find girls, you know, like, and I mean, Andy's generation is a lot more like less swipey. You know what I mean? Like he's really- Less swipey. Like, I, I didn't even have also. a, I had a corded telephone. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I wasn't just <laughs> no, revealing too much here. <laughs> yeah, but Andy, like, his, he and his friends, it's like, like, we met in person. Like, Andy struck up a conversation with me. I feel like you just don't really see that anymore. So I know what you mean with that answer. It, it, I do feel it is kind of a guy answer yeah. a little bit yeah. in that, but this is specific to my personality, not my gender. Mm-hmm. I'm just way more introverted than he is. Yeah. And... So I kind of like like any reason. To, so I almost liked getting married and being like, well, I can just be Probably home, an like, and that's not uncool. Like I'm married, like I can hide behind. You know what I mean? Like I can just stay at home and play video games, and I'm not oh, yeah. a loser. Totally. I'm just married. There was, there was one point, like in the first like couple of weeks of the pandemic, where I could see like first Charlie was like, oh my god, this is horrible. What are we going to do? And then suddenly she was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I see what I can do here. Yeah. She was just like a permanent excuse for not going out. So, to, okay. So, because I, I knew that when you answered that question, I would have my own answer. It actually has nothing to do with your answer. But I think in the beginning, I think, you know, after the initial, like, oh, we're so compatible. I can't believe we found each other. We had a lot of like, how did we find each other moments. And, and after that kind of wears off and you're like, you know, this is great. We get along. Every day is fine and fun and whatever. You start to realize that there are more like under the surface differences. For example, I'm way more introverted. He's way more extroverted. And another one is I've learned that because of my singing career, I'm kind of addicted to travel. So I like to either be living out of a suitcase or anticipating living out of a suitcase. And he's like, he's a real New Yorker. Like I don't, he, I, <laughs> I joke that Andy gets me out of the house, but I get him out of the city. Yeah, mm. And so I think the first year or two was sort of like, okay, but what are we doing next? Like, where are we going next? And he was like, well, there's this party on Friday night. And I'm like, I don't want to go to a party. I want to go to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that kind of thing. So just sort of like little, I don't want to even say it's an incompatibility, but like you're learning each other. Yeah. And we've gotten better at it. I think yeah. I've gotten better about leaving the house and he's gotten better about packing a suitcase. <laughs> Perfect. So then what would you say to people who just got married and are maybe going through like a hard, struggly time? Like what's your advice for that since you guys didn't seem to have any hard times together? <laughs> <laughs> Stop shaming us. <laughs> I love it. Your goals, your relationship goals. I mean, it's a broad thing. It's like, what are the, you know, what are the struggles? Know, but okay. if it's just broadly speaking, I, I would say it, nothing's permanent. Like if you're really having such a hard time and you don't have kids, I mean, we're assuming they don't have kids, right? So sure. it's pretty simple. It's just you and your partner. Are you saying ended? No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not not saying ended. I'm, I'm just, just saying that, Maybe you should look at what's going on. Is this what you want? Do you want a lifetime of having problems? Because it's not like things are going to get better after mm. the first three years. And if they do, I'm impressed with the amount of work you've done, which is, comes to my answer, which is like if you want to maintain the relationship, then you got to put a lot of work in to make sure that you don't get annoyed at the little things that are happening. Like find the things. Like what's the thing that 
causes trouble? Is it that he leaves his underwear all over the place or that, you know, like, whatever. I can't think of another example. That's, that's <laughs> I go. It's always underwear. That's like the thing that gets people pissed off. But, uh, you know, think like, like find the triggers. You're like, I don't like that. Like, I feel the heat in my body rising up when I see that. Like, just stop it. Like, just be like, recognize that this is hurting the relationship and I'm not going to let that happen again. So like, when you feel the trigger, just be like, no, it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, take some self-awareness. Yeah. I always think of it as like a queen, like the queen bee. It's like you, like the bees all have to protect the queen. That's it. Nothing else matters. Like, they don't have any personal issues. Like, if they want to, like, go for a walk one day, it's all about the queen. So if the relationship is the queen bee, you have to, and if you want to protect that queen, which is that's a, you're assuming that they want to stay in this, but I, I could say that yeah, they, you're they assuming could just it's break worth up. protecting because sometimes it's not. Yeah, sometimes it's I, not. That's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to answer this question in a way that's not so cynical. Like I, I'd say, if there's that much trouble in the first couple of years, just end it. You know, there's no. You know, you yeah, know. it's an unpopular opinion, but, but we've. I guess we've seen enough people really try to make like fix things and like patch things and make things work that honestly like you're yeah. kind of like there's get a new plenty boat. of fish Just in the get a sea new boat. but yeah continue but but the thing is is that you have to if you really want to make it work protect the queen like at all costs like what is the thing that protects the queen like just do it like if the love is that good and if you really, you have to sit with yourself and do some, you know, meditation, just like focus, like, is this the right thing for me? Do I love this person? Do I want to spend the rest of my life? And if the answer is yes, then you have to stop being triggered by the little things that really in the end don't matter and they're just your own idiosyncrasies. Yeah, I want to build on that. I agree with like, yeah, I mean, obviously the unpopular opinion is like, oh, maybe if it's that difficult, you need to analyze why it's that difficult and maybe take yourself out of it and maybe extricate yourself depending on what's best for you. But I agree with what you're saying. I think that a huge problem that I see in relationships and like a pattern, it's kind of a pattern. It's even kind of a social pattern. But the idea that things can be so offensive to you. I find that people are too easily offended and especially in relationships. It's mm -hmm. like the idea of someone leaving under their underwear on the ground. Like, does Andy do little annoying things around the apartment? Absolutely. And do I? Absolutely. It's just, do you let it rise to the level where it's a problem? It's like, it's not a personal offense most of the time, you know what I mean? Right. And so generally just taking a step back and being like, I don't need to be so bothered by this. Yeah. And, you know, there's a difference between like, not listening to yourself and your inner compass and all the things, not standing up for yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just generally leaping yeah, to. And, and, I, and just to touch off a point that you made, is that if it just <laughs> keeps keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do this. This is what we do. But, but if, if it is something that is hurting you, like if that person is hurting you, whether they're doing it you know, intentionally or unintentionally, like if they're cheating on you, if they go out every other week and cheat on you, that's not something that no. you're like, oh, I just yeah. have to get over that, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah. just don't get annoyed yeah. by it. No, you have to say, is this a thing that's just like, that's the way they are. That's what I married. And they do these little things. They're annoying, but they're not malicious in any way. Yeah. So I want to make clear that there's there's two different <laughs> yes, things I have here. To come, I have to build on that. Okay. And this is going to bring us full circle, which is to say, it's best to find someone who doesn't annoy you. Yes. Back to what your yeah. advice was. You find the least annoying person you've ever dated and marry them. That is the key to marriage. How long did she rent this place for? <laughs> Did you okay. get way more answer to that question than you were expecting? I love it. No, I actually respect the fact that you were like, if you're having that much trouble in the first couple of years, you should probably end it because I feel like no one ever says that. Like people are always like, you got to work at it. You no. got to work at it. Marriage is hard work. You got to work at it. No, you don't. Andy's the king of saying things that no one will say, but I a lot of people that. are thinking. 
Yeah. yeah. I love I, that. I agree with that. Okay. I literally could talk to you guys forever. But <laughs> I have one final question. Maybe you guys could do it quickly. <laughs> it's unlikely. But I don't. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to be vulnerable about? Wait, I vulnerable mean- or vulnerable, Chelsea? <laughs> vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a big difference. Um no, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like with our podcast. Um, are, is this about our love or our <laughs> podcast? It, it's your choice, dealer's choice. No, I guess I should probably talk about our love. Otherwise, it's what do people normally be vulnerable about? Literally anything. People surprise me sometimes. I don't know. Whatever's on their like heart, you know. Like Serena was talking about how she had been going through her first heartbreak, and Andrew talked about how he just gave his friend away for marriage, and that really hurt him. And then like it doesn't have to be hurtful. Serena and I talked about how like. We were struggling with embracing our curly hair. Oh. Yeah. I, well, I, I think I'm going to touch on something you mentioned during the break. Am I allowed to do that? Yes. Is that too, like, behind the curtain? No, no. But <laughs> you were talking about how one of the reasons you started this podcast was to sort of speak your mind, have a place, to create a space to speak your mind. And I totally relate to that on so many levels, especially when... Like you said, like with your modeling, you're just expected to be looked at. And certainly with my singing, I've, ex- I've been expected to be looked at, you know, and heard, that kind of thing. And I think there are a lot of assumptions about people who go on The Bachelor in the first place. And so, I don't know, that really stuck with me. And I, th- I think our podcast is also a reflection of that. It's like people, what, what I will say is like really validating about having a podcast is that when people really like your podcast, it's like, you found your people in such a deep way. Like they, because I mean, this is just word vomit. Sometimes we'll record for an hour and a half and I'll be like, I don't even remember what we said, you know? (laughs) And then there can be one word in there that offends a bunch of people. Maybe you worded something wrong. Maybe you weren't careful enough. But at the same time, how cool is it that you can send out into the world anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half a week of just you talking and people not only feel like they know you, but they're like, they, that resonates with them, and you end up building this community of people that you never would have met in a million years. Like, yeah, you can say going on The Bachelor, I never would have met any of these people, surely. But this is like taking it to the next level. Yeah. And yeah, I just I think it's awesome you're doing this, and I relate very deeply to your motivation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's more personal too because I feel like the people that listen to this are getting to know me more on a personal level and just like hearing your voice like in somebody's headphones, like that is very personal. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so is. when people message me about the podcast, like that means so much to me. Not that it doesn't when people like compliment me or whatever else, but it's just like I had my doctor on and did an egg freezing episode and somebody literally froze their eggs because they listened to my episode. Like oh, that's yeah. so, that's just like so meaningful to me. I'm just like, wow, people actually listen to this and it means something. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so touching. Like yeah. I feel like the, the, so many heartwarming moments, and it feels like almost self indulgent because I do read a lot of comments, and of course, there's always like the nasty comments. But I just she gets upset. I can't. I don't. I, don't I have a hard time reading comments because I have a hard time. I have, a, I have a tendency to focus on the one negative in a hundred. It's like ninety nine percent positive, but I'm just saying, like I, I I read these and I'm so touched because not only do I feel seen, but sometimes I'm like, am I insane? Like, or am I, <laughs> am I a normal person? And then I see like all these people are like, oh, we see exactly the same way as you do, and it's so touching, and it's so it, it makes me feel really connected with the universe in this like sort of sappy way. Yeah. But it also is like when one person, like it could be like 
a whole week could go by with just like, you know, just, oh, great, funny, whatever. And then one person's like, I had a really, really hard night up all night with like, you know, I was like nursing and like I'm going through postpartum or something. And like at four in the morning, I was listening to you guys and it just like got me through the night. And that that's like, that's enough for like a month for me. Like I'm yeah. good, that one person. And those kind of things, just that is so rewarding. And I never saw that, you know, I thought, saw a podcast. I was just like, oh, podcast. Yeah, I'm going to become a billionaire. Instantly. <laughs> That's all I thought was just money. No, but I didn't see, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Mm. And, on, and another thing, if I continue to be vulnerable, um, I find that, you know, working with your wife or your husband is not easy um, in any business. And I really feel proud that we have, sort of done this very difficult thing together. And it really is a testament to what I believed was a strong marriage to begin with, but it really has made me believe more in us, um, how successfully we've navigated the trials and tribulations of and running any business, particularly one that this, this is this vulnerable a business. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just really proud of us. And I'm really happy that, you know, we've, we've, we've made it through this. Oh my gosh. Amazing way to end this wonderful podcast. Thank you for being my first double guest. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you and find the podcast. Oh, okay. So we're at, at Dear Shandy and we're on YouTube. You're also on YouTube, right? Yes. All your episodes are video. Very smart. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So on, on uh, YouTube and also anywhere you listen to podcasts and social at Dear Shandy, I'm at Charlene Joint, spelled weird, S-H-A-R-L-E-E-N-J-O-Y-N-T, and Andy's at Machine Levine. Is there a number at the end of that? It's no, just Machine Levine. I'm the first Machine Levine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me in this episode on YouTube at Vulnerable Pod, and then at Chelsea Vaughn on Insta. Thank you guys for being here. Thank, Thank you. you for this having is great. Us. This is See really you guys funny. next episode. Bye. Yay!